Speaking of apologies, um, I owe everyone an apology because apparently we didn't talk about Malignant a couple episodes ago, and I straight up thought we did. Tony's all like, "Hey, where's that episode? You're missing shit," and I'm like, "No, Tyler's drunk like, again. let's talk about Malignant." I'm like, "We already did. Well, well, shut your uh, ass down. We already did this. No, we didn't. So, my apologies, Tyler. Not accepted." Malignant was okay. <laughs> I mean, a very was... boring theatrical experience. We'll never talk about it again. Yeah. Whee! I mean, it, it was one of those movies that was so bad that it was good. I, it was wonderful. <clears throat> so I have these, in, I use in-ear headphones for those of you that are listening. Martha in Kansas. Um, my right ear, the... the Earbud doesn't want to fit in, but my left ear fits just fine. So I think my ear must be swollen. Nah, reason. my ears are my ear canals are of different sizes. I did just clean them for those of you wondering. Do you use Q-tips? I showered prior. I have a little scooper thingy. So it's oh, like good. A, you're, apparently, you're not supposed to use Q-tips. You install yeah, any wax just, ring. So That's bullshit. I use Q-tips every day. It's amazing. <laughs> I love it. I use Q-tips around like the exterior part. <laughs> the detailing. Wow. Well, it's it's kind of like people like who a, have kind of just around the rim. It's yes. Aww. It's kind of like just people delicate, who just around the just tip. Very delicate. It's kind of like brush. people who have dandruff, and like they'll wipe it off their forehead and they'll wipe it off their shoulders, but it still remains on their head, right? That's yeah. Oh, I had a girl in my What's elementary hair, school. Chris? She would make it snow every morning, and we're oh. like, oh, that's like, in, like Breakfast Club style, <laughs> exactly like uh. that. <laughs> but so I'll I'll clean the exterior with a Q-tip, and then I'll use the little scooper thing inside it, just in case. Follow us for more hygiene yes. tips. <laughs> yes, wipe from the front to the back. Um, <clears throat> use wet towelettes. Use moist towelettes or a bidet. No, you go wet bidet. and then you go dry. Chris, do you have a bidet? No, that was Bailey. That was Bailey. Remember, Bailey I played with bidet. it and made it squirt across the room. Yeah, you made it was my, like that was almost my, my butt. Female hole. dog <laughs> squirt across the room. What? No. So my fiance's family swear by them, and we don't have one. But what a I'm weird thing to swear by. Considering, well, I mean, if you think of it this way, right? If you Get shit on your arm. Are you going to use a dry, wadded up. up piece of Hold paper? Up. Hang on. Hold up. How do you Depends get shit on, on your arm? I don't know. Let's say <laughs> you're babysitting and a baby reaches their hand in their diaper and pulls shit out. Chris and I are parents. We can tell you it happens. So it's not your own shit. Correct. But are you going to use a dry, wadded up ball of paper to wipe that off? Or are you going to go get some water on a washcloth or a paper towel and wipe it off and then use maybe some soap to wash your arm Gasoline, off? lighter, you know. I think there's a difference psychologically between someone else's shit and your shit. So you're telling me that you would lick it off of your arm? Jesus Christ. Do you lick your asshole after you <clears throat> take a shit? That's <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not finding the no, correlation. No, but the point that I'm trying to make is to get the poop off your arm, you're not going to use a dry, watered-up piece of paper. Are we selling bidets and nobody told me? Not yet. Did you, like, trip and slip while fisting somebody? Like, what happened? I would like to be sponsored by a bidet company. What would you say, Christopher? What? Said, did you trip and slip while fisting somebody? What happened here? I don't know, but all of my gay friends swear by the bidets, and even some of my straight friends. Bidets, we call them. I've used one before. I mean, I've been to Europe. Have you really used one? Yeah. Is it as shocking as it seems? No. I feel like it would it's be normal in every shock. other part of the world, but this. I mean, it's not like a power washer culture. on your ass. It's it's a very gentle stream. We in the United States are weird as shit with this. I stuff. don't know the one you used to Bailey's. Well, I had to adjust the the speed. It's just an ass blaster, okay? It's just fine. Well, Dude Wipes licensed, uh, I think they licensed Tushy, don't quote me on that, but they licensed a bidet, and they call it the the Dude Wipes Master Blaster 3000. <laughs> what a name. Yeah. Can I we know. get sponsored by them? Can we get sponsored There's by Dude Wipes? Too many men in this country who are afraid something will touch their asshole and they'll like it. Oh, I'm not afraid of. I mean, I'm afraid of entry, but I'm not afraid of touching. And I'm like, afraid, we shouldn't be afraid of exit. What kind of life is that? Who's, I didn't say I was afraid of exit. <laughs> I'm I'm shit retentive. Okay, enough of our shitting habits. How's <laughs> Look, everybody doing? If it was bad, God wouldn't have put a cum button. It was a in long it. day sorry. at work. Today. Oh my God. Oh Jesus. Christ. Oh my God. Did you say if it was bad, God wouldn't have put a cum button in it? That's what I said. Oh my God. 
Happy prostate humor day. for the week. No, we, we got it. <laughs> Yeah, Thanks, we end, Tony. We now end, we all get we it. Now it all makes things. sense. Are you afraid prostate. when you get your, your prostate checked, you're going to like it too much? No. Uh-uh. It's an actual button. It's one of those clicky red buttons. Yeah. It's Ooh. an easy button. Yeah. It, with mine, you have to flip the plastic cap up and turn a key before you actually push it. So, What if you looked in there with a light and it said staples on it? Why do you... <laughs> an easy button. <laughs> it requires two people to... I got an easy button in my ass. Yeah, we've got that. Okay. Uh, so, hey, uh, did you know that our uh, no. podcast has a name, and it's called Popcorn Tribunal? Oh, it is? This very podcast. This very podcast. You've been listening to for ten minutes. So, welcome to Popcorn Tribunal. Why aren't they talking about movies? I uh, discovered today that Sony is <laughs> doing zero promotion in the Indiana region. What's up with that? We were talking about that the other night. Because of that, we were invited to a Ghostbusters Afterlife screening. No. Press only. What? When? When, 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 when? Vaccine when? mandated. Yes. We got then. our cards. When All is set. it? 11-15. Oh, my God. Yeah, three yeah. days ahead. <laughs> Wait. Where at? Wait. In Chicago. No, you asshole. <laughs> Not the fifteenth. <15th. laughs> yeah, worst ever. So, what day is the fifteenth? Actually, <clears throat> I believe that would be a Monday. I believe my wife has a company dinner that night. Yeah, I don't oh, think man. I don't think it's happening. Damn it, Tony! You weren't invited. Actually, no. Chris. You're just she has it on producer. Tuesday. It's a I Monday. Can go. It's Monday. Go. I'm going. Fuck you. I'm Tony Tellez. But Tlaz. don't we already nice have to tickets you. to see it? Hi, we I'm do. Tony Tellez. Nice we already to have tickets you. to see it, dude. So? That night. So? Okay. I can see wait. twice. <laughs> you can wait. If it was like the commute we did for Eternals, that was fine. I ain't going to Chicago. Right. I'm not driving four hours no. to sit for three hour and then drive home at 10 o'clock. Just to see the hours. movie again nah, in three days. Well, we're seeing it on the 15th. I've seen it on the no, not. The tickets that See, we 18th, bought. 18th. The 18th. Tony, it's going to be a thing you misremembered. AMC legitimately added it to my calendar 18th. for the 15th. They're liars. I can show it to you. It did it on its own. I'm looking at it right now. It's well, a, I can, fucked I, up. I, oh, I can, it's just Thursday the 18th. Never damn mind. it, Tony. Every time. Sorry. <laughs> we fucking talked about malignant last I'm I'm not, God damn it. I'm not fucking used to my <laughs> iPad calendar. And so it's, it's okay fu- to be wrong, Shut Tony. Up, man. We'll still love you. God, I cannot wait until you're at a home. Those are going to be some great stories. Hey, how was Coffee Dude's Coffee this weekend? The last Farmer's Market? Duck. What? Um, Did they farmers move markets it? are done. They move, is it? Okay. It's cold. Yeah. <clears throat> Well, because of that, go visit coffeedudescoffee.com. Yeah, yeah, I missed hey. my mark. I've been selling a crap ton lately, and I'll be at a few markets coming up, like indoor Christmas markets and things like that. Are you going to do Christmas Kindle Mart in Carmel? I have no idea. Probably. I don't know. I need to buy some coffee from you. I've been drinking a lot more coffee lately, and your beans are excellent. What about my coffee? <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> All right, you know what time it is? Tyler, you know what time it is? Is it movie nudes? It's time for movie nudes. Christopher, can we get that theme music, please? Da, 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 a fappening good time. A fappening good time. <laughs> what? That All the right. Thing for movie news? So for today's movie news, we hit up Screen Rant, we hit up The Hollywood Reporter, a couple different places. They hit us up. <coughs> so for cash. And an interesting dead. twist of fate. Oh. A Disney movie. Slow that down. Features LGBTQ plus. Do you really want me to slow down? On air. Is that what they renamed their service? <laughs> Marvel's Eternals will not hit cinema screens in Saudi Arabia, Kuwait, Gasp. or Qatar. Shocker. The all-star superhero film, which was due for release across the Gulf region on November 11th, mm-hmm. has been met with a series of edit requests by the local censors. Stop showing women Edits in a positive light. that Disney was not willing to make. And that's interesting because we haven't heard anything about China yet. Oh, no, it's already banned in China. They're Is not it? showing Shang-Chi either. They okay. already decided. The news emerged on Thursday with the Eternals having quietly been removed from websites in each of those countries. In UAE, however, the film is still listed as among the titles coming soon. Wow. Sources suggest the decision was likely made over the inclusion of a same-sex couple in the film. Mm-hmm. And the MCU's first gay superhero. They also don't like ghosts in China. What in a society! One, <laughs> in one scene, the character Fastos, who's played pretty well, I thought, by Brian Tyree Henry, mm-hmm. and his on-screen husband Ben share a he passionate a kiss. kiss. 
Homosexuality is still officially illegal across the Gulf, and films containing anything related to those issues are frequently pulled from release. Last year, the Pixar title Onward was banned in Kuwait, Seriously? Qatar, and Saudi Arabia. Could have just edited that one out. Like, over I've a seen single Onward line and... referencing a lesbian relationship. Oh, good lord. A lesbian centaur. Onward's what a, a world. Onward's a fantastic <laughs> One regional cinema chain explained that Eternals had been banned, but said they hadn't been told why. A Day with My Father's Crotch. A Pixar <laughs> film. <laughs> All right. Uh, Gal it's Gadot. It's a comeback movie. With, uh, by the way, I'm a little mad at Netflix. I put in a request three months ago with Netflix to get us a, a screening of Red Notice prior to its release tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And then they gave us Kate. They did not give us a screening link for it, and another uh, journalist local to the city received one no issue. Doc Brown? So I, uh, no, not Doc Brown. So I emailed my Netflix guy this morning, and he's like, I'm so sorry, dude, totally forgot. Your your name was added to the list three months ago. Uh, the, the PR people rep- repping that film for Netflix changed. Oh. After I made my initial request. So that's why we were not included. You're on our good side for now. However, Gal Gadot has been confirmed to play the evil queen in Disney's newest live action remake. Remake. Roommate. Roommate. <laughs> remake. I had a live action roommate in college. Snow White. Oh my God. Yes. So <laughs> they're doing a live action take on the eighty on the nineteen thirty eight animated class Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. The Evil Queen. I love how they have to describe who the Evil Queen is. The Evil Queen is the one who steps to her magic mirror and famously asks Tyler. Mirror mirror on the wall and so forth. <laughs> um so Mark Webb is directing the movie. Oh um, I, what I hadn't seen him since the Spooderman days. It's been a minute. He still worked for hire. Good for um, him. Rachel Ziegler, who actually oh. is coming soon in West Side Story. That's right. Uh, so we will have a Mexican Snow White. Interesting. And another live action remake, you say? It will also feature songs written by Benj Pasek and Justin Paul. The Oscar what and Tony winning duo behind La La Land, The Greatest Showman, and Dear Ever Hansen. Ever Hansen? Dear Evan Hansen. <laughs> and Ben Platt's father, Mark Platt, is producing. Are we what? We haven't talked about Dear Evan Hansen. Mostly because I haven't seen it. Okay. Did you like it? I'm good with that. Um, <clears throat> so, <laughs> 80-year-old Ben hey, Platt. Army of Thieves came out today, by the way. Eh? Eh? Ask if I... Ask if I give a shit. You're not interested in seeing the prequel to Army of the Dead? Oh, boy, Tyler? a zombie prequel with no zombies. Tyler, do you give a shit? No, Chris. Thank you for asking. Oh, I thought you were a Zack Snyder fan. My apologies. I mean, sometimes. We Spe- liked Watchmen. Speaking of Zack Snyder, no, Zack okay. Snyder's next Netflix... Next, Netflix? Netflix? Netflix. 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 Is that the Russian? Wait, wait, Tony. Tony Telez. Friend Tony. Why did you just put my last name out there? D- Oh, we're not supposed Tyler to do that. Yaney. Bleep that out. <laughs> I will not. Oh, he did. He did the thing. I'll add an echo to it. Chris Nealis, bleep them all out. <laughs> no. What did you think of, dear Evan Hansen? Um, or a wacky misunderstanding about a suicide. Jesus Christ. Okay, so music was the same. I thought the girl from Booksmart. What was her name? Caitlin Dever. I thought she was exceptional. She's wonderful. Um, She's from that <clears throat> Tim Allen show. I have too many daughters. It didn't bother me that that uh, Ben Platt is a little old to play a high schooler. Um, Did no, they de-age I actually, him? I love it when someone who's like obviously I feel like 30 he originated plays a high the schooler. Role, so he had the you know, like he should have had first choice. Mm. A lot of people were complaining because his father produced it, so they're like, "Oh, it's all nepotism." I'm like, the motherfucker spent five years. Hollywood in is nepotism. What the hell? The motherfucker spent five years in previews for a Broadway show that he then did eight shows a week for two years, didn't miss a single show. And broke so his arm doing all that. I worked saw five <laughs> current famous <laughs> actors jackass. who don't have at least two, maybe three generations of you know, like famous people. We're excited Anthony for Mackie. Ghostbusters Afterlife. Just think about the irony with that. 
Anyways, um, from Reitman to Reitman, Zack Snyder's next Netflix feature is called uh. Rebel Moon, which is interesting because it's completely unrelated to Star Wars. But they announced who's the leading role, the who? leading star. Who is the leading role? The Gemma Chan to their Eternals. Wow, Sophia Nutella. Oh, Sophia Butella. Nutella. So, anyone remember in the Kingsman? The, oh, the I have lady scissor with legs. The sword legs. Yeah. And in the Mummy, who played the Mummy? What a hit! And who got naked with Charlize Theron in Atomic this? Blonde? Oh. That is Sophia Buccella. So <laughs> this is the tagline for the project. It's when a peaceful colony on the edge of the galaxy finds itself threatened by armies of the tyrannical region Belisarius, they dispatch a young woman with a mysterious past to seek out warriors from neighboring planets to help them take a stand. Sounds very familiar. Did an AI write, like, cobble the script together? I don't know. Snyder also penned the screenplay with <sighs> Army of the Dead writer. Shay Hatton and Kurt Johnstad. Oh boy. Based on the story by Snyder and Johnstad. Rebel Moon will be the first feature produced under the first look deal between Netflix and Snyder's Stone Quarry Productions. So can't wait for that. There's that. <clears throat> what a what a fun time for movie news. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, they're also working on an anime spin-off of Army of the Dead and a Norse mythology series called Twilight of the Gods. Now I personally have always been a little obsessed with North God, Norse gods and mm-hmm. mythology, as well mm-hmm. as Greek gods and mythology. Hmm. Um, so that is intriguing to me, the Twilight of the Gods. So <clears throat> um, we're going to be doing a conversation in the next couple episodes about a director named Edgar Wright. I think he's a writer as well, right? Director, writer, mm-hmm. director. Usually. Um, Edgar Wright may not return to direct Baby Driver 2. Why is it being made at all? Um, well, the the sequel was announced shortly after the But movie. they were happy they ran Kevin Spacey over, over with a car in that movie. <laughs> uh, he has, however, already written the script. So, so Baby Driver director involved. Edgar Wright has cast doubt over returning to helm a potential sequel with the filmmaker concerned about doing the same thing twice. Um, so they were having a like a director to director conversation with the, di- the director of No Time to Die, Carrie Joji Fukunaga. I never got around to seeing that. Did he <clears> ever find the I. time to die? No, I don't know. Did he ever look in his busy schedule? Uh, <laughs> if I did the sequel, and in fact I've already written a script, I'd have to find a way to make it fun for me. The idea of doing a straight Xerox is just not interesting because, as you know, these films take at least two years, and in our cases, because of the pandemic, they took even longer. My rule of thumb is that you have to really want to do it. We've both been in situations where we walked away from a studio franchise movie because we weren't feeling it, referring to (laughs) the No Time to Die director. (laughs) I know that we share many things in common, and that's one of them. What did the No Time to Die director walk away from? I don't know. Um, so he, he didn't fully dismiss the idea of directing it, but he did say that he's meeting with a couple directors and talking to a couple directors. Let's list off a couple that you think would be a good fit, Tony. Um, John Woo, uh... Pitching Woo. (laughs) Speaking of which, John Woo is currently filming his next movie. It's been a minute since he filmed it. It has been a minute. What's this one about? I don't know, but I'll bet you there's either pigeons or doves in it. (laughs) Bring, work with Nicolas Cage again, please. I know, That's all I've ever wanted. Uh, He also said, I don't think I've ever done exactly the same thing twice. In fact, the reason I decided to do Last Night in Soho was because at the time... When Baby Driver was out, it was going on an awards run and got Oscar nominations, and I was getting a lot of pressure to jump straight into doing a sequel. I just wasn't ready to do the same story again, so it was a conscious uh, thing of switching gears. So what the I don't hell? Know, I kind of like the way he thinks, though. I mean, I, I do think too, but like well, the idea of a Baby Driver sequel yeah. is stupid. Well, I I don't know because um, realistically. Right? There's there's potential for a story, right? Because he goes to jail. And gets out. Right? Unless and it's a dream. Out, right? I don't know. So, I mean, there's there's a potential for... I don't know. A story. And He's I mean, getting Lily back Collins into crime again. Yeah, I don't Ooh. know. That's Lily James. <clears throat> Lily James. Sorry. They're both right. British. It's okay. 
It's funny. I think the article actually mentions Lily Collins instead of Lily James. So that's not your fuck up. That's their fuck up. Okay, but let's have a serious conversation about this last news story because I would like it's going to lead into a piece of the conversation that we have planned. You are the master of segues, my boy. Eternals scores the MCU's first ever rotten rating. Gasp. As of this episode, it is currently sitting at a 44%. It's down to 44? Yes. Is it 56 last time I looked? It was at 53 at the time that this article was Holy written two shit, days ago. Holy shit, that is... Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. <clears throat> Verify that for me. because It's at 51 it, now. Is it at 51 now? Maybe okay. it went down and up again. Okay. So, the Eternals has emerged as the MCU's first, quote, rotten Splat. movie. Uh, it was bound to happen eventually, but it's still a little disappointing that it has. So um, I want to mention the writer of this article, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it is Chelsea Avestruz of Screen Rant. Why well, I enjoy uh, the, 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 the Chelsea Avestruz. Avestruz. <clears throat> so one more time, Chelsea Avestruz. What has she done? So um, she's just she's a writer for Screen Rant, and she's a freelancer, so I think she's written for some other periodicals. Is she well. one of the ones we're grabbing for our stuff? <clears throat> well, I really liked the article that she wrote about it. I thought it had some good insight. So I want to read as much of it as I can during our discussion. Please do. So um, if you don't know about The Eternals, it was directed by award-winning, Oscar-winning, Oscar-winning director Chloe Zhao. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, the superhero epic showcases an ensemble cast – of all colors and creeds and sexualities, and it's fantastic. Salma Hayek, um, actually, they did a gender swap for her role. Angelina Jolie, Gemma Chan. Angelina, I think, said like seven seven lines in the whole movie. It was fantastic. Gemma Chan uh, of Crazy Rich Asians fame. And she was in Captain Marvel. And she was in Captain Marvel. She played a blue person. Richard, did she really? I did not know that. She's one of the Cree, I think. <clears throat> Richard Madden of Game of Thrones and the Bodyguard fame. And he talks like the no, Kamal I, Nanjiani. I nailed it last night. Now I can't do it. Silicon Valley I'm, fame. I'm Richard Madden, you like you and find Kit me sexy just because of the way I talk. And Kit Harrington, also from Game of Thrones. So you have white men, you have black men, you have women, you every Asian women. It's great. So. Um, the immortals sees the immortal race of Eternals sees the immortal race of the same name resurfacing from their millennia long hiding to save humanity from the deviants. So even ahead of its theatrical release, Eternals received a mixed early critical reception. Now, I'm going to pause right there and say Tyler and I saw this movie last night. I probably put it in my top five MCU. Tyler said top ten. Fair? Might move up. Might move up? Yeah. Um... It had the the width and breadth of an Avengers Endgame. You nailed width and breadth. I would have screwed that up. Thanks. I, I had to think very hard about that. <laughs> um, so, I mean, in scale, it felt like an Avengers Endgame, and it was an introductory well, movie. Well, I think right after Dune, yeah. to have a movie with a trailer that looks more, I guess, thoughty and artistic... Not T H O T T Y, by the way. T H O U G H. Sure. T Y. And it's like three hours long. And people were like, and we're like, all right. So that's but so it started out right. The first few critical reviews came in, and it was at about a seventy-five percent, right? Which is still on the lower end for MCU, but yeah, seventy-five percent, right? Still good. Um, so it dropped to a 58% from 144 reviews. It became not only the lowest rated MCU film, but also the first one to be rated rotten. Mm-hmm. So can you imagine winning an Oscar earlier this year? There have been a few happens? Marvel movies, though, that have been subjected to review bombing. So Usually by audience members, though. Well, a couple years ago, 2019, Rotten Tomatoes changed the way that they weight scores to kind of try and disallow review bombing to be weighted in one way or another. So Mm -hmm. critics' reviews have, I don't know, it's a weird algorithm, but they changed it to kind of try and prevent Well, Rotten Tomatoes, people put too much faith in But here's the problem. Rotten Tomatoes isn't even allowing audience scores yet for Eternal. 
Because of the review bombs, I thought. This is all critics. Yes. That are doing this shit. So, 80% of critics on Rotten Tomato are white men. 80%. Ugh. 80% of the people viewing this movie and writing the reviews are not women. They're not people of color. Right. They're not members of the LGBT community. Sure. Well, I mean... Potentially. Because they're white men don't mean they're not gay. Right. Yeah, they're just they're <laughs> sitting around putting raisins and potato salad and making up shitty reviews. Right. Got me there. They probably still bring that jello salad with walnuts in it to the picnic. Hey, fuck speaking, you, that's delicious. Okay. Speaking of which, we would like to be Rotten Tomatoes critics at some point. <laughs> Most of the disappointing feedback, mm-hmm. for the record, though, yeah. we're not straight white men. I'm not a straight white man. Right, so if we get accepted to Rotten Tomatoes, I'm not going. To, I'm a, I'm I'm an LGBTQ ally. Sure, um, we. I mean, we both are. I was raised by women. Right, you know. So for me, I have a different viewpoint than your conservative white male reviewer. You're one fourth proud Mexican. Yeah. <laughs> I'm half Mexican, half dude. Mexican. My dad was. We're from gonna timestamp this too. I forgot what <laughs> fraction it was. No, you don't have to timestamp that. That's fine. <laughs> If my dad was an asshole, does that change my ethnicity? You're just brown. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> so oh. the, the, the biggest complaints are that um, The Eternals was directed by an independent filmmaker. Well, that's a common, I guess, strategy with Marvel, though. Right. So critics point out that either the movie is not Marvel enough, taking into account its visual distinction from others in the franchise, or it lacks the trademark directorial touch of Zhao, which is a result of her genius being limited to the superhero genre. What say you? We both saw the fucking movie. We did. I thought it was an IMAX. beautifully directed. Mm-hmm. Um, I told you multiple times that it felt like it was a love story or a... a, a like, Gemma Chan was Chloe Zhao's muse. Mm. Like, everything about Gemma in the movie was just beautiful, right? And um, I don't know. I, I, I use the term width and breadth, and I felt that throughout the movie. It felt big. It felt epic. Without feeling bloated. Without feeling bloated. It was two hours and 37 minutes, and both mm-hmm. of us left it going, well, that didn't feel like it was almost no. three hours. And for juggling ten characters, yeah. Yeah. you still feel like you spent enough time with each of them. Some of the other complaints them. were that it had an absence of wit and humor that Marvel films are known for. But we were fucking laughing the whole, the whole movie. Kamal Nanjiani's character was Brilliant. hilarious. His valet was really the funny. The best character in the film. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so there... I don't know. I, I just don't get it. You know, the... The favorite Ikea joke? Yeah, right. <laughs> the one from the trailer. But, so, it, it's one of those things where we look at what's happening and you got to think that there's got to come a point when Rotten Tomatoes has to figure this shit out. Because mm-hmm. the reality is, and you and I are evidence of it, when we first started doing this podcast, every time we would go see a movie, you would say Rotten Tomatoes is doing this or says this. You stopped doing that a year ago. I don't know why. I don't know if it's because you realize that the weight that Rotten Tomatoes puts into some of the movies is not efficient. Well, people don't know how to use it, and yeah. I want to talk about that real quick. Okay. So if you have a review, and maybe I've talked about this before, and it's like, eh, three out of five. It was fine. Sometimes that's positive and sometimes that's negative. Right. And say there's a bunch of middling reviews of like, it's fine. You could still get 100%. That doesn't mean the movie's amazing. It's like, wow, this movie's at 100%. Yeah. That means it's good. And it's like, <laughs> Like some, the lesser and certainly less ambitious Marvel movies get a pass because... Like Ant-Man. Think about what that could have been. Could have been thinking of Edgar Wright. Yeah. And people criticize Marvel before because they're like, well, they don't let the directors do the thing. And now they have. And people are bitching. Yeah. Uh, Chelsea made a pretty good point here in the last paragraph of the article. We'll have to have her on. So um, <laughs> you never know. Um, she said, nevertheless, this is not the first time that an MCU film has been reviewed poorly. In 2019, True. Captain Marvel received backlash. 
that backlash was mainly because it centered on a female superhero and was directed by a female filmmaker. Ultimately, its critic rating did improve, and The Eternals does have the possibility of increasing the Rotten Tomatoes score now that it releases in theaters. Um, so the critics, while they have raised some valid points, viewers should also consider the actual merit of the film and not just the unnecessary hate towards mainstream gender representation in the franchise itself. Got to remember one other thing, too. This is Phase 4 of the MCU, mm-hmm. and everything about Phase 4 has been different. I mean, when you're almost 30 movies in. Yeah. You kind of hope that you'll try something different. Yeah, it, 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 this one and um, not Black Widow, but Shang Chi. Shang Chi, definitely a different vein of Marvel characters. Definitely a different vein of Marvel movies. But I've loved both of them. Well, they dive into different mythology and different sides yeah. of the Marvel yeah. universe that we don't normally see. And it's see. not just superheroes. It's it's Chinese mythology that gives these superheroes their superpowers. It's more mythic. Yeah. 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 And this is more, like, weird 1970s Jack Kirby it's, imagery. It, well, the thing is, is, Eternals is really about a dysfunctional family. The reality is, sure. is that's what you're looking at when you're looking at... But it's at also got great themes of, like, purpose and... Love. Well, what was I created for versus what do I choose yeah. to be? And I think that's super interesting. Yeah. There's There's one relationship in the movie, and I don't want to talk too much about it, but... It's not about unrequited love, Mm -hmm. but it's about a different kind of love. It's about taking care of someone that you clearly care about Mm -hmm. and your willingness to sacrifice your own happiness to do that. And for me, that was one of the most powerful themes of the movie. So, What surprised me about it, without spoiling anything, is that some of the directions the characters go in are surprising. They make choices and mm-hmm. they stick with them. A character or two is not in the finale because they choose not to be. Yeah. And you kind of understand why they make those choices. Mm-hmm. Who you think the lead character is going to be. It's the not, other crazy thing is not who you think it is. The, the primary character doesn't necessarily have the strongest power. If you think about mm-hmm. a majority of the movie, it's like, uh, how's this one going to lead? It's another deconstruction of Superman that yeah. I found interesting. Yeah. And the the va- other crazy thing is there's mentions of DC characters Reference multiple times. Reference to Alfred. And, yeah. Yeah. So you wonder if, like, does that Are exist in pop- crossover worlds or... James Gunn wants to do it? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't be opposed, but... Star Wars was referenced. I mean, obviously, it's a Disney property. So. Oh, yeah. I'm but, you know, that. overall, I mean, I think... I give it a four and a half out of five. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I enjoyed it. It's probably, I don't know. I mean, we talk about, I don't want to use the term perfect, but when I look for flaws in the movie, the only one that I see is that one character that walked away from the finale in that third, the final third. And then he shows up again. And then shows up again. Now, does that also... Family forgiveness, right? That kind of thing shows up. The reality is, is the reason they left is for a very valid reason. You just mentioned it, right? Well, you un- For a movie that a lot of people are claiming should have been a Disney Plus show? Yeah. I think it works really well as a movie. Cause oh, it, it works really well as The a way movie. she cuts back and forth yeah. between different time periods where yeah. the Eternals were doing their thing as a unit before they they split up. But they were also led into really well. All of those flashbacks Mm -hmm. were very well led into. There was no, oh shit, why is this character here? Yeah. So it worked. From an introduction of a new team of superheroes, it worked. Mm -hmm. From an epic and superhero movie, it worked. And complex world building, too, that you have to make digestible, I think. Even the end credit scene was applicable to the remainder of the movie. And I like that Marvel movies are getting weird. Yeah. Yeah. So like Black Widow's pretty standard fare that should have sure. come out yeah. sooner, but that doesn't mean it's bad. But like Shang-Chi, yeah. Loki, even if I'm not crazy about it, WandaVision. Yeah. They're trying new things. Yeah. And it's weird and it's different and it plays off of everything that happened before. Yeah. Like 
what happens in Infinity War and Endgame, you see the different impacts of that. Well, the other thing, too, is by the time you get to Endgame, you expect some sort of resolution, right? Mm-hmm. And then you go to look at Shang-Chi, and you know that it's Phase 4, and you think, okay, how is this going to tie into everything else that's happening or has happened? But, like, the effects of the snap we've seen, like, in Falcon and yeah. Winter Soldier, how that affects real people. And I thought that they explained really well why the Eternals didn't and interfere. They, yeah, and then they explained from a cosmic sense what right that snap Right off the bat. Did. That's yeah. the first question that he asked as soon as sure. he found out. And I thought they addressed it really well. So, I guess... To close it down, I guess the the I say go see the Eternals. It's a beautifully filmed mm-hmm. movie. It's well written, uh, well acted. I think the I have to see it again to determine if there's any flaws. I did not see them the first watch through. I'm sure you probably did. You and I watch movies a little differently. I think the only thing, if I have to nitpick, which is hard because I thought overall I'm. Like, I'm not, when you come in with certain expectations yeah. based on the scores and what people are talking about, because it's, you're right, it's not just audience before they've even seen it bombing it, like Captain Marvel's, like yeah. actual critics, you know, like, well, and you scroll through Letterboxd and you see the same thing from yeah. people who've seen it early, and you're like, well, what's what's going on with this? So you lower expectations yeah. a little bit, and then they're through the roof. Well, if you have that marketing mind, too, where if you piss people off, they're going to tell seven people, right? Right. If you make someone happy, they're going to tell one person. Right. So whenever I go and I read reviews on Letterboxd or whatever, it's because of that mindset that I can brush those aside. Mm-hmm. Because I know that the only people that have seen a free screening of the fucking movie and are going to come in and complain about it mm-hmm. are either critics who are doing it with a purpose and an intent. Sure. Or people who got a free ticket to go see a movie and just want to bitch about shit, which is why... People want attention. Which is why that's what we're seeing. My hope is this. True fans who go see the movie after it comes out will provide true ratings, which will then level out the algorithm. Well, you know what 50% in Rotten Tomatoes for a big blockbuster like this means to me is ambition. Yeah. It's like they, they took risk and tried something, and it... When you're ambitious, it doesn't work for everybody. Yeah. How could it? If yeah. it's safe, it'll probably, everyone will be like, yeah, and it was fine. To be fair, both Which, you and I liked chips. I mean, I'm not going to say that one was, <laughs> was risky and ambitious. Do we need to mark this one and edit that out? <laughs> we saw a free screening of chips and didn't even think about it till we heard after the fact that everybody hated it. Yeah. But that that's a constant theme that we have in our own personal discussions is you, people talk shit about chips, but we enjoyed it. And to kind of to kind of piggyback off some other things we've talked about, like and you can cut this out if you don't want me to talk about it. But <laughs> our relationship with the mouse is rocky, right? But we don't just go to these movies and shit on them. No, we're not those kinds of of. Critics. The reality is, a majority of the things that we've seen from the mouse, we've found fairly enjoyable. Sure, we were, and have been fairly positive. Even Mulan, which you were shitting on for weeks before we went to see. Well, it. I didn't like it, but at least they've remembered to put color yeah. and style and design into the movies. Yeah, the script was just. Meh, yeah. but the fact that they're actually getting film talented filmmakers to inject some yeah, life into But you these loved things. Cruella. I did love Cruella. You liked Shang-Chi. I did. We liked Eternals. Like, and we're not trying to, it's not the contrary in Olympics. It's like nobody liked Rise of Skywalker, so we're going to like it. No. No. I. That, I, I legitimately love the first couple the seasons of trilogy. our podcast. We had some of those experiences where sure. we went to see movies expecting them to be shit because all of the reviews said they sure. were shit. I feel like you and I have learned enough off of each other over these conversations that now we're open minded more mm-hmm. when we go see these movies. We're also not going to kiss ass just because everybody loves it either. Correct. We hated Ad Astra. Yeah. We still do. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and everyone. Was, I forgot about Ad Astra, but thank well, you for reminding me of that. Well, I'm trying to think of a, like something that everyone was like, "Wow, 90% in Rotten Tomatoes, it's great." And we saw it and was like, yeah. "This is shit." Green Book. Oh, Green Book. Yeah, Best Picture winner Green Book is very mediocre. Call me by your cannibal name. Oh yeah, Army Hammer. Army Hammer. I like that Men from Uncle movie too. That's a shame. I know, right? Ugh. All right. Well, enough about Eternals. Go see it. I think it was a great movie. I think it was beautiful. I would love to know what some of you who see it in the theaters... Or not just Marvel fanboys either. I want to make that clear because any time 
somebody's like, yeah, Marvel, thumbs up, whatever. People yeah. like, oh, you just... We don't hate DC. I've enjoyed some DC movies over Marvel we movies We like anyways. Birds of Prey a yeah, lot. And a lot. I know that got review bombed by yeah, audiences. Yeah, I'm excited about Flash, seeing, seeing that trailer, and, um, you know, hopes for... Uh, Aquaman They're too. trying different stuff. Like yeah. Wonder Woman, like I said, Wonder Woman 84 wasn't everyone's cup of tea, but it's different. Yeah. <laughs> and I respect it, it for I, that. It, the, the thing that was interesting about Wonder Woman, and I'll just mention this real quickly, is that it's the same director as the first one, mm-hmm. but it was a completely Free different. this time. It yeah. was a completely different genre movie. Yeah. And it, it worked for me. So. Oh, like, and after Malignant, I want to know what James Wan's going to do next with this other Aquaman movie. Yeah. Like, get weird, my dude. <laughs> get, I don't know you, what's going on with you. Because you definitely fucking got weird and Malignant. Something's going on with you, and we hope you're okay. <laughs> we talked but... about it a couple episodes ago. <laughs> <laughs> Lies. Maybe James <laughs> Wan, like, inceptioned us <laughs> to think we... To make us think we talked know, about right? it, so Maybe we didn't shit on it. Wow, <laughs> I don't know. I just deleted the whole section. Oh, <laughs> good stuff. All right, so I liked that conversation. I think that was good. But now we're moving on to a movie that was made in nineteen eighty-four. Eighty-four that had several failed attempts to be made before then, starring Sting, Kyle MacLachlan, and all his codpiece glory, Sean Young. Uh, Sean Luke Picard. He is he is in the film. Max Headroom, a pug. I don't know if Max Headroom's in it. Max Headroom is not in the film. Um, okay, (laughs) so was around that early in the eighties. That was later, like eighty-seven. Denis Villeneuve, Denis Villeneuve, a French Canadian director, um, remade Dune or started the remake of the movie Dune. To say it's a remake is, is is. Reimagining of the movie. Dune. He did his own adaptation because that would qualify as a reimagining. Oh, I agree, but there's there's Dune fanboys out there that'd be like, well, actually, do we you think know. that those we Dune know. fanboys listen to our podcast? Maybe. I don't know if they like Dune in the Philippines. <laughs> that should be the sequel. Okay, so yeah, seven minutes of Zendaya. I understand it when you think of. It was just part one. I understand it. We had to introduce the characters. Um, well, real quick before we get into the meat and potatoes, Let's talk about Tony. the 84 one first. Go ahead. Well, I would like, because this is such a fucking incomprehensible plot, tell me what happens in Dune. Which one? Yes. Which one? Yes. Just describe as much as you can. If Man it's only to where the new one ends, that's fine. Okay, so we're what... Uh, 400 years into the future? No, it's like 10,000 something. I thought it was like 2417. Like, no, or it's 10,091. Is it really? Okay. Well, anyways, we're to the point where computers no longer exist, right? There's no artificial intelligence. Right. Yeah. And the reason for the lack of artificial intelligence is because artificial intelligence created. More artificial intelligence, and there was a war, and the humans won, but it wiped out a large portion of the human population, Mm -hmm. and they were dispersed among the planets, very similar to Star Wars. Mm -hmm. Um, But there's also houses like Game of Thrones. There's international dimension, or interdimensional traveling, and that traveling is controlled by a drug that was discovered on a planet, and Mm -hmm. that drug is called Spice. The Spice Melange. So, um, it's basically about a overseer who assigns a family to manage this planet where all of the spice is harvested from, mm-hmm. right? It's, it's like adamantium. It's like unobtainium. Well, it's, it's a drug and it is also a tool used for space travel? Yes. Okay. It's like the plot of a 90s Sega game. Well, it's the plot of an 80s movie. <laughs> and a 60s book, if you can believe it. A series of nine books, actually. Are there nine of them? Yes, there are. Oh, didn't... Frankie Boy did six and then his son mm-hmm. took over? Okay. Yep. So, um, Oscar Isaac... Um, duke Leto. Yeah, so anyways, there's a, there's a duke who is in charge of this family, and this family gets assigned by the emperor to take over the planet because production has started to wane... From this other group that but is wait. being removed from the planet. It's a trap. But wait, it's a trap. It's always a trap. 
Are you echoing? Said it's always a trap. Oh, you said that. I was like, did, did you just hear it's always a trap? Depending on which version you see, Stellan Skarsgård or a obese, diseased, homosexual pedophile? I don't know, dude. That guy was creepy as fuck. I'm glad that Stellan was not as creepy in this one. Yeah. Uh, they invade a tr- house of Trades when they're on Dune so they yeah. can take over spice production. Yeah. So then, oh, you didn't mention. So his mom is like some kind of. So a Bene Gesserit priestess. So yeah, the Bene Gesserits, Jesuit. The Bene Gesserit's peop, uh, priestesses. They're all women, uh-huh. typically. And um, they have a weird connection with the universe. They're also able to do this cool voice thing where they can make people Rock. think they're being told to do things and they have to do them. wonder where the force came from. <clears throat> So, uh, yeah, very similar. Um, so, yeah, so Paul is the son of the Duke and the bastard son. Um, but Speaking I th- of Kit Harrington, If I remember the book that I read... She's a concubine, right? That um, marriage is not a necessity for a line of assumption. So people okay. to take over the family as a Duke or whatnot, they can be bastards, and it's kind of like a... Just because I think there was a period of time in that whole thought, in that whole thing, where um, having children was nigh impossible or something well, of that. Well, can't you like decide what gender it's gonna be, or is that like a rebuff Jesuit thing? <laughs> no, that's such a local inside baseball reference that yeah, no one's going to understand. It. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so this is part one from Dennis Villeneuve. Part two has been announced, mm-hmm. um, which means that a majority of the cast that survived the first one are returning. And apparently Jason Mimosa and apparently will Jason be a clone. Mimosa is cloned. Um, so, oh, you, oh, so there's these people that dwell on Dune called the, Fr- the Fremen. The Fremen. They live in the dunes and in sh- or sex and try to avoid the butthole worms correct and will eventually ride the butthole worms so sandworms take over this planet and they're attracted to noise so if you walk without rhythm you won't (sighs) attract the worms. jesus christ all right this is all over the place let's let's focus here 1984 that was a fat boy slim reference Um, for all you no it was great so (laughs) 1984 we got this movie with kyle mclaughlin sean young um Captain Jean-Luc Picard with a mullet, but that, he's bald. And he holds a little pug into battle. And he carries a little baby <laughs> a pug little around. little space pug. <laughs> and, um, all right, so... If we're talking filmmakers... The acting, terrible. The uh, filmmaking, I kind of remember it's 1984. Do you know who David Lynch is? Yes. Have you seen any David Lynch film yes. or Twin Peaks? Yes. What have you seen? Yes. Blue Velvet? I saw Blue Velvet, I saw Twin Peaks. I think that's all that I've seen. Okay. It's possible I've seen others, I just didn't know that they were David Lynch films. Oh, you would know. <laughs> Try me. <laughs> Mulholland Drive? Yeah, actually, I saw Mulholland Drive. Uh, Inland, Inland Empire? That, was, uh, that had the guy from Memento in it. What's his name? Guy Pierce? Yeah. It's been a while. Yeah. Um, straight Story. Nope. A guy drives a like a... Driving pole tractor across states. What's it's a, a Disney film. What's a pole tractor? I don't know what the you know what I'm talking about. Okay, like them little John Deere things you do to mow you long. You know what I mean? Okay, drives sure. drives that cross country. Interesting. Very very slow, and it's rated G. Is that like uh, Amblin by Steven Spielberg? Ah, okay, <laughs> I could, I could see it. Kind of. Have you ever seen Amblin? Uh, I've seen bits. Okay. But fun fact, there is a David Lynch film on Disney+. Plus. Really? You can watch a straight story on Disney+, because really? it's a Disney film. No. There's also two Wes Anderson films, so it's it's, it's getting very sad <laughs> for me. What Wes Anderson films are uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox and Isle of Dogs are PG and PG-13, and gotcha. they're animated, so you can throw those on there. Gotcha. Anyways, David Lynch is known for his surrealism... Um, he's very himself. Yeah. And this was his only attempt at a studio picture. He was promised to split it into two, like Villeneuve did 
But then the studio said, you got to cram it into two hours. So that's why they have inner monologues you can hear. and That's, that's why, why it's narrated. And that's why Virginia Madsen's on screen for ten minutes before the movie actually starts. Oh, my God. And that's why they had a glossary of terms that they would hand out at the movie theater so you could try to follow along. I just want to know who voiced the little girl. Oh, that I don't know. That's the creepiest shit. No, you know what the creepiest shit was? Was the heart plug, which they didn't have in the in What is the he trying one? to say, making her, the Baron such a nasty, like, gay pedophile? I don't know, dude, but he did some what? weird shit with his tongue in that movie. Was any of that? It was just like, ugh. Oh, other fun fact. This was a Christmas release that had toys that children could purchase. Oh, jeez. You want a very phallic sandworm and some... Like, Fat Baron action figures? Tyler owns them all. Or, like, there's a Sting action figure who's got the little cat and the little thing that they're milking. I'm <laughs> yeah. like, are you serious? <laughs> the naked cat. You could get a Dune that. coloring book. That's crazy. Isn't that nutty? That is. So Did Sting have his shirt off with his cod piece on? Well, fun fact, he was supposed to do a full nude scene, and the studio was like, no way in hell. So they made that cod piece on the fly. I love how you say fun fact before you say anything. I did some digging, and I just find this thing to be a fascinating failure. Like, they tried to make this a mainstream thing that people would go see because Star Wars. So, there's an interesting thing that happens in the movie, and that is where they're able to control weapons with their voice. Oh, the weirding way. And it doesn't work, if you no, think about it. Because it it's doesn't. like, and we were, we, were talk, we were making jokes about it last night, but it's like, they, they go, Ugh! Like, you could move <laughs> out of the fucking way while they're going, Ugh. <laughs> It's just like, I don't know. It feels like a, a, I'm cramming for a final exam, and I'm still going to do really shitty. That's yeah. what it feels like to watch that movie. It'll be interesting to see how that is reimagined. Um, oh, I mean, it is kind of, because I don't know how you watched them. I watched the new one, and then I watched the old one, so uh -huh. I could kind of understand the first and half of I it. And then I watched the new one again. Oh, Okay. Because at least you get like a fast forward of what the next movie will kind of look like. Maybe. Well, the interesting thing is, which kind of got lost in, I guess, the edit, is that they kind of con the Fremen into Cal McLaughlin being the Messiah, mm -hmm. or they're supposed to, but in this one, he just kind of is the Messiah. <laughs> That's far less interesting. Well, in this one, they don't know yet. And in the first one... They give him the water of life, mm -hmm. which the, all of the Bene Gesserit yep. have to take in order for them to start seeing things. Mm. And every man who's ever taken it has just died a horrible and painful death. Oh, the box? Yes. No, no, no. no. The, the water of life. Remember when they tie him down in the desert? You're right. There's a lot in that movie. There is. There it kind of starts to mesh together in my brain. Yes. So, anyways, um, so that's the 84 version. Then we come to the 2021 version. Well, were you able to follow it at all now that you had seen the new one? Well, I'd seen the old one prior. Well, right, but when I... Because I hadn't read it, the, the book or anything, and I think... Seeing it without any context, it's the most incomprehensible. So the thing. book is really political science fiction. Mm -hmm. um, it concentrates more on the families, the dukes. All Does of it that still have stuff. suits you can poop in and then drink? <laughs> Jesus, it still suits because it's still water, standing water. <clears throat> this it's joke is over. Still suits because it distills urine and sweat and, and makes it into poop. water. I don't know what you're talking about with poop. There was never that is a, a line in the old one. There was never a mention of poop. I can I can send you the clip. Why don't you just Max, find it on the Max MDiv. von Sydow was like, you can you can pee and poop in this, and then you stroll the water here, and then you can drink it through this little hose here. And okay, I don't want to watch it again. Just believe me. <laughs> okay, I believe you. I think they smartly left out. A lot from in the new one to make it more mainstream. Let, to make it less David Lynch. Yeah, and, and more digestible for for a mainstream audience. Um, so some of the cool things from the new one, um, the sure. technology, the special effects, obviously. Uh, it doesn't look like a Minecraft fight. So much fight. further advanced. Um, with, the, with the shield, you know what I'm talking yeah. about? The worm does not look like a giant anus with teeth. Yes, it does. 
Not in the new one, it yes, doesn't. Yes, it does. No, it doesn't? Yes, it does. It's got literal, like, triangular folds that fold together. I've never seen an asshole that has triangular folds that fold together. Give me five minutes. Jesus Christ. This is a quick Pornhub search and we're done. <laughs> Your search history, I swear to God. <laughs> oh, Chris is on the list. It's okay. I don't know. I feel like it looks less asshole-ish. True. There's just very few ways you can do that without it looking like a butt wor- butthole worm. Yeah. I mean, Tremors did it, right? Yeah, that's the other thing watching the new one is like just to see how much the book has... Uh, inspired pop culture because yeah. I'm like Game of Thrones, Tremors. There's some Star Wars. Yeah, and that's why I'm kind of wondering if it's like too little, too late because there's a kind of a been there, done that feel to it. So, and here's where we differ. I enjoyed the new one. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't bored. Uh, I liked Jason Momoa's character, even though spoiler alert. Um, uh, it's the first thing that I've seen Timothy Chalamet in where I wasn't like, dear Jesus, this guy is pretentious. Oh, he's still got a very punchable face. And then for some fucking reason, all over the internet now, there's videos of him rapping and hip-hop dancing at a high school talent show. Dude. And I cannot I'm, avoid them. I still... No, jeez. All right. Um, and, of course, I, I still have a thing for Rebecca Ferguson, even though she's not wearing makeup 90% of the movie, you know? Oscar mm. Isaac was fantastic for the 15 minutes that he was in it. The tooth. Maybe she's wearing not makeup makeup. Well, her freckles are very clear. I like freckles. I like freckles too. I also enjoy them. So, um, I did not enjoy the 1984 version. I did enjoy this version, and I'm excited for the sequel. I'm mostly intrigued to see... If Dennis Villeneuve is able to continue the improvements on the 1984 version. What if it's an it situation where he's very smartly made a part one that's all the best parts of the book? And then you get to it chapter two and it's the messier parts of the uh, Stephen King book. And it's like, oh, no, we'll I got see. it. In 2023. You're right. Um, well, I didn't dislike it. It's just I think... After sitting through two dunes, yeah, it's not my thing. <laughs> Dune is not your thing. It's not my thing. I thought it was funny that Wendy, who enjoyed the movie, by the way, looked at me and she goes, why is it called Dune? <laughs> is that the name of the planet? I'm like, no, the planet is called Arrakis, but it's called Dune because, and as I said that, a s- shot of sand dunes pops up on the screen. I was like, just waved my hand at the TV. She's like, oh, I get it. So, um, yeah. So I enjoyed it. I've watched it twice. Um, once in the theater and then mm-hmm. once with Wendy. You saw it in Atmos. I did. It must have been pretty spectacular. I'm wondering if that's if, if the that visual would have, experience. Yeah, if that would have made a difference. I watched it in 4K at home and in Atmos Me too. in the theater. So okay. Yeah. Mm, I think it's just. Which do you prefer? Oh, don't do this. No, to no, me. no. I'm making you pick. You can't say neither. Oh, okay. You can. I mean, the David Lynch movie has color. And maybe that's a very Dillanouf thing Are to do. Are you saying color with a U? Yeah, the color. <laughs> color. <laughs> I say color. I'm not. I know the Lynch film is crap. Even he hates it. And it's like, unless you actually know the source material, it's incomprehensible and you're not going to be able to follow it. But to see some of those visuals done with practical effects, it's kind of neat to me. Mm -hmm. It's still garbage. I want to make that very clear. (laughs) And I don't think the new one is. But I think the old one is interesting garbage. (laughs) In an interesting note, Stellan Skarsgård wants more of the naked duke. He said that oh. he loved that suit, and it made uh-huh. him feel so grotesque. He liked the scenes where he had little to no clothing on. Uh. And then in the second one, he wants more of that. They don't explain this. How the hell can he fly? In either version, I don't get it. He just has a suit on. But they don't. I think that's my problem with both of them. But he has to because he's morbidly obese no. and can't move All around. Right. It's, it's it's explained in the books. I don't remember. I'm sure. Why, I'm sure it is. And I think this is just because it's been called 
unadaptable just because of how complex the narrative and the politics and the world building is. Well, I mean, it's 8,000 years in the future. Right. You know, we can't begin to understand what civilization or humanity is like at that point. But, like, something like Lord of the Rings has a lot of world building, but you got a very simple hero's journey right, story Lord at of the, the Rings heart of that. also four and a half hours long. You're correct, but there's a very simple hero's journey that you can kind of follow. It's yeah. like, I know who the bad guy is, bad guys are. I know what the objective is. This... Not as much. Yeah. Dave Bautista <laughs> was only in it for about seven minutes as well. Was he Sting? He no, he was the other creepy, oh, he's, uh, scary looking dude. The, the guy next to Sting. Okay, so yeah. we have yet to meet Sting. Correct. Could they get Sting? <laughs> That'd be fantastic. <laughs> That'd be fuck. That would make the second half of this. A hundred times better. And I'm wondering if there'll be more action in the second half? So, I mean, based on the action in the original movie, it would make mm. sense that there would be a lot more action right. in the second half. I want to get into it, but, like, it feels like a story that's more focused on the narrative and the world building than mm -hmm. the characters. And I'm like, I don't care about Timothy Chalamet particularly. His father died, and he's a little sad. Yeah. Oh, no. Jason Momoa is interesting. I'd follow him around. Duncan, Duncan Idaho. Idaho. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, the crazy thing is, is Wendy and I had just finished watching C on Apple TV. Mm, and Batista and Mimosa are both in that, right? <sighs> yes. Sp really quickly, there's a scene, spoiler alert, um, Batista and Momoa are brothers. And they have to fight each other. And at one point in the scene... Bautista whispers in Jason Momoa's ear, he says, did our father really ask you to kill me or really tell you to kill me? And Momoa goes, yes. And Bautista, just in his Bautista manner, says, what a fucking prick. And I, Wendy and I were just like, it was wonderful. Funny. It was hilarious. But anyways, I digress. Um, so, yeah, so I enjoyed it. It's available on HBO Max if you're already subscribing, so mm -hmm. you can watch it there. Yeah. I think it was definitely emphasized by the cinema experience. I and enjoyed probably, seeing it in the theater. And maybe that's better that I watched it at home and I was able to Google things because that helped me follow. Yeah. But now that I kind of understand the narrative, maybe I should see it in theaters just to be like, oh, this is gorgeous. Yeah. Well, I know that? I want to go see the Eternals again. Um, well, let's let's talk about that comparison because the Eternals doesn't feel its length, and this definitely did for yeah, me. Yeah, I agree. It felt more its length at home than it did in the theater, and maybe that's part of it too. Mm -hmm. So, but yeah, um, I think out of the movies we talked about tonight, Eternals is clearly the the better of the the movies. Oh, um, you didn't think Dune nineteen eighty four was going to be the victor? Yeah, no. Okay, no. So, but anyway, so Dune is available on HBO Max for another, another week, I think. week or two, yeah. yeah. Um, it is still in theaters. Eternals comes out on the 11th. Mm -hmm. um, go see it. I say go see um, Eternals if you have a, a soft place for Dune. I'm, I'm wondering how Eternals is going to do with the box office. I don't know, man. Because I mean, Dune surprised me. It's doing very well Yeah, for... Still pandemic well, times. Well, that's the power of Chalamet. I guess, because, yeah. like, Blade Runner bombed, and I love, yeah. I love that movie way more than, than Dune, if we're talking Villeneuve. Yeah. I don't know. So, we'll see. We'll see. But um, I definitely recommend going to see The Eternals. I mm -hmm. enjoyed Doom. Tyler did not feel so up on I, it. I, I'm, I know, because everyone's all about some Dune right now. I, I, I didn't hate it. I, I, I appreciated it. I just recognized when something like this kind of complex sci-fi nonsense is not my thing. Gotcha. All right. I'll still see part two because we do this uh, podcast thing. Yeah. Hopefully it'll still be going in 2023. Shit. I was actually going to talk to you guys in. about that. Oh, <laughs> thanks, Chris. Cut that out. Mark it. Well, I hope you enjoyed <laughs> our final episode. <laughs> See you in hell. <laughs> oh, Jesus. No. Well, on that note, um, be sure to go buy some coffee from coffeedudescoffee.com. Mm. Um, Free bag minimum. 
we're going to have a conversation no. about Not Edgar really. Wright movies. No. Uh, That's right. And then we're going to talk about some Venom, because everyone kind of forgot about that movie. Well, we didn't forget about it. I just haven't seen it yet, and I think you thought there was a discussion worth having. So I'm, I'm not going to spoil it. why, but after the Morbius trailer and all the Spider-Verse yeah. nonsense, I think it's worth seeing. So Tyler talk about immediately it. texted as soon as the Morbius trailer came out. He's he's Well, they're trying to promote this multi- versus spider people but it's like we've got <laughs> which one is it yeah we got a Raimi spider-man in the background in the Raimi daily bugle but we got the oscorp <laughs> tower from the amazing spider-man and then we mentioned venom from the venom movies and then michael keaton from homecoming shows up and it's like what this is <laughs> <laughs> tyler's brain is doing flip-flops right now how so. many spidermans is it yep well, so are we going to have a Ghostbusters extravaganza? We're going to talk about all four of them. Yes. You down you to clown? Three. No. No, we're going to talk about all three. four of them. All three. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll be seeing Ghostbusters on I, the 18th. Yes, and I don't think we could talk about the new one until we talk about kind of how we got there. And that means we have to talk about 2016. Yes. I was born. The 80s happened. I waited 30 some odd fucking years. And here we are. Talk. Um, Chris, I'm not sitting next to you in the movie theater, by the way. He says you eat yourself. No, he picks his fingers, and, and I hear every it. bit of it. I actually don't pick my fingers. It's the weirdest thing that you say that. I'm telling you, man. Ask he was asleep during you just Godzilla. Make, then you just make weird fucking noises, and it drives me crazy. Pick, what the hell does it mean to pick someone's fingers? I mean, I'm legitimately doing it right now. I don't even have fingernails. Like, what? He doesn't even about? have fingers. Uh, okay, that's. I forgot you were double amputee from the elbow down. I apologize. So what a weird war wound. Must be. Uh, must be. What do they call those ghost sounds? Like, I literally sit and like on my arm on the band of my watch, I will sit and pick at that thing. Over and over. All I know is there was a tick, 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 That's tick. That's the ticking sound. I, I bet s- he's going to be like when I saw But Ro- I already told Wendy that she has to sit next to you. Dude, it's a nervous <laughs> habit. I just said, it's my watch. It's my watch band well, right here. Well, here's the thing. I Wendy has anxiety. We'll be in a too. social situation. No, listen, listen, so if listen. she's concentrating on your tick, tick, ticking of the, the watch band. Is that the sound? Yeah, that is the fucking sound. It's my yes. watch band. I'm not picking my fingernails, dipshit. Yes. So Wendy will enjoy hearing that sound. I'll wear a rubber watch band, for fuck's sake. <laughs> I bet Chris the whole time is going to be like when I saw Rogue One opening night and Darth Vader comes out with his lightsaber and people are like, fuck yeah. Oh my God. This guy about shit himself last night. Oh, Oh, well, we, we can't, can't talk, we can't about, talk it. about it. But, well, there's uh, a post-credit scene, and he's looking for a very specific character in that post-credit that scene. Everyone already knows You're about. Right. And he's like, "It better be fucking so and so." God damn it! It's gonna be so and so. It's gonna be so and so. Just say it's so and so. I'll say it. I'll say it. Everyone knows that Kit Harrington plays the Black Knight in the Eternals, or uh-huh. eventually plays the Black Knight. Right. But there's a after-credit scene that has something to do with that, and this guy's like, "Oh my god, I'm on the edge of my seat. Is it about the Black Knight?" And we're all like, "You fucking well, idiot!" Well, he's like, "There's like children next to him, and he's like, Black Knight, motherfucker, better be fucking yeah. Black Knight, you goddamn motherfucker!" And like, "Holy shit, dude, come down!" Yeah, I hate people like that. <laughs> yeah. So I hope you enjoy your Z-grade Marvel character finally coming to the screen, you asshat. <laughs> Z-grade T-shirt that says "Tack." Tack. Got right? it. No. So, um, there are two credit scene, post-credit scenes in the Eternals. Um, they're both very good. There's only one direction they can go. Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> I got On that note, thanks for listening this to Popcorn This is going to get Tribunal. edited out. Have no, a great it's not. Night. This, Have is, a great this night. is why Disney hates us. <laughs> the end. <laughs> what, what are you talking about? We just were, like, glorifying their latest movies. So. And, he's, and they're like, no last duel for you, sir. Yeah. Love you. Bye. 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 Yay. Yay. Uh, Did you kill half a bottle of wine? Yes. Oh, Jesus Damn. Uh, damn. Damn. Damn, Daniel. Damn, Daniel. Bringing it back with the white. Yeah. <laughs>